Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who, just five years into my legal career, found myself teetering on the edge of burnout. Instead of becoming yet another burnout statistic, I decided to redefine success on my own terms, enabling me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating the challenges of two kids, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I'm now on a mission to help lawyers do just that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both life and law. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Well, hey there, it's Heather Mulder, your host of the Life in Law Podcast. Welcome to episode number 19. I am so glad that you are here with me today because we are getting into a really important topic. And I believe it's important for a couple of reasons. So number one, once upon a time, I found myself on the edge of burnout. And that is what we're getting into today. So back in episode number one, I talked a little bit about how I ended up there. And so if you haven't listened to that, you probably would want to go back because it's going to give you a lot more insight into me, who I am, and why I talk about the things I do, and how I go about, you know, kind of my viewpoint. But the other thing I would say is it's not just a personal thing to me. Attorney burnout is common. It's too common. And it's not okay to keep pretending that it's something you just need to deal with. Or that it's not all that bad. Because here's the truth. More than half of all private practice attorneys report feeling stressed all or most of the time. Worse yet, attorneys are 3.6 times more depressed than the general population. Now, those are just a couple of the statistics out there about how bad it is within the legal profession. And given all of that, it's no wonder so many of us end up burned out. What's worse is how we tend to deal with burnout. And you know this too, the statistics out there on negative coping behaviors are terrible. Attorneys have very high drug and alcohol abuse, okay? I want you to really think about, you know, how often do you come home and have to have a glass or two or three of wine or beer or something even stiffer to deal with your stress levels? If that is you, you might not be in burnout yet, but you're certainly using some very bad coping mechanisms that are very unhealthy to deal with the stress and anxiety that you're feeling. And we don't want you to continue doing that, and we definitely don't want you to get to the point of burnout. And frankly, I see a lot of people who come to me who aren't necessarily burned out yet, but they are getting closer and closer. And I want to stop the cycle. Things have got to change within this industry. I believe personally that practicing law is a noble profession. We go into it for noble reasons. We want to serve others. We believe in the law and we want to uphold the law. But it's really hard to get good people into this industry, and then especially to stay in this industry when you have such high stress, burnout, depression, etc. rates. So off the soapbox, now before we jump into the rest of this, the symptoms, the sources, and the solutions for burnout, I have something for you that I want you to get. And this is really important, okay? It's called 5-Minute Stress Solutions, but it's so much more than what it sounds like. So what this is, is it's a collection of eight different strategies that are super simple, super quick. Yes, they can be done in five minutes or less and very easy to implement that will help you calm your mind, be more resilient to stress, which basically means you're going to bounce back more quickly, and 
more importantly, prevent stress from ever occurring in the first place. So there will be a link in the show notes. Highly recommend you get it. It will be very helpful to you. All right, so let's get really clear around what we're talking about here because there is a difference between stress and burnout. So burnout obviously comes from stress, but it's more than just feeling stressed. It's when high levels of stress and anxiety go overboard. They either last too long or they just get to be too much, okay? And so you get to a really high level where you just can't handle it. There is a difference, though, between chronic stress and acute stress. We don't always differentiate, so it's important to understand because not all stress is bad. Like, it's okay to feel stressed upon occasion. And in fact, sometimes stress can make you perform better, right? To create better work product, you may have an urgency that you didn't have because of the stress that is there of an impending deadline, or a big case that you're about to argue, or the first time you've done something, right? And so that type of stress might just be acute stress. In the moment, very brief, very limited. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about chronic stress. Chronic stress is when it's happening over and over again, either all or most of the time. And the problem is your body and your mind are not designed to handle that. And so that's when it starts to get out of hand. I don't want to go too far into the background of all all that happens within your body and mind when you're stressed, but understand that there are specific chemical and then physical reactions to stress. So you have stress hormones that get released, and those stress hormones cause physical reactions. So sometimes your stomach knots up. You might get knots within you. You get a headache. You sweat a little bit more, like the common things that we know we feel when we get stressed out. The other thing that happens is your brain goes into what's called fight or flight. I'm sure you've heard of this, right? And the whole point of fight or flight is so that you can make a very simple decision. Do I fight or do I run? Like, what's the best decision here? It is not intended to think very rationally or creatively. It is only, it's shutting all of that down. So your rational thinking and your creativity goes out the window when you are in fight or flight. Again, having this upon occasion, not a big deal. We are meant to have it in life or death situations. And sometimes it's okay to have a little bit of stress when you're preparing for something that's a big deal. But when it's chronic, i.e. most or all of the time, that's when it becomes an issue. Because again, your body's not meant for it. And you're putting yourself into a chronic stage of fight or flight. That's what chronic stress is. And that's what can typically lead to burnout. Now there's more of it goes into it and we're going to get into that in a little bit. But hopefully I've given you a fair indication of why we're not just talking about regular stress here, okay? Something that I might note is I've actually written about these concepts before around how stress affects your body and about um, how it shows up and ways to combat it. So I will go ahead and link to one or two of my stress articles in the show notes in the event you would like to read more about it. The other thing I would say is, again, five-minute stress solutions, that's where this free resource comes in. Because again, that is going to really help you combat it in the moment, think more clearly, get back to that kind of rational, calm thinking, and then also deal with it in the long term because the strategies and the exercises that are in that are more than just how to calm down in the moment. They're also going to help 
create the mindset that you want to feel more calm even in the space of pressure, to deal with things a little bit differently and not go into an overly emotional and then reaction to things, which then causes more stress, right? So I do recommend that you grab that if you haven't. So now the question becomes, well, how do you know when it's getting to be too much? You know, how do you know that you're chronically stressed and edging towards burnout? Or worse, how do you know that you are burned out? Okay, so here are some of the typical signs and symptoms when it starts to get to be a bit too much. So chronic stress eventually will cause things like extreme trouble in sleeping, right? So I think a lot of us have been there, those of us in the legal profession, where we get so stressed and anxious and overwhelmed and we just got so much going on that we cannot get to sleep. Like things are just going on and on and on in our brains and we cannot turn it off and so we don't sleep well. Or maybe we get to sleep because we're so dang exhausted. We fall asleep but then a couple hours in we wake up and we cannot go back to sleep. So if you're having that happen a lot, you are very likely chronically stressed. You might have a headache a lot of the time that just never seems to 100% go away or it goes away for only brief periods of time. You might have, you know, stomach or digestive troubles a lot of the time. Your brain may feel a little fuzzy or maybe it feels cluttered with too much and it's chaotic and so you can't seem to think as clearly and you're not able to focus or concentrate very well. You might be sick a lot of the time. Maybe you feel like you almost have a cold all the time or you just don't feel all that good much of the time. You could be gaining weight as a result. It messes up with your hormones and you can gain weight even if you're not eating more. Now you might be dealing with your stress by eating too much, but you could also be gaining weight or losing weight because of the stress itself. You might feel fatigued a lot of the time. You could be losing your hair. That's common for people who get super stressed for a while. And Another thing, your sex life might be suffering. That's another common chronic stress symptom. Now, how do you know that you've crossed a burnout? Well, there are some key things to look out for. The above symptoms, many of them will be present because you have been chronically stressed for a while. But you will be crossing into burnout when you realize that you feel alienated from your work-related activities. Maybe you view what you do as increasingly frustrating. Or worse, you might be very cynical about your effectiveness or what you do for a living or, you know, the people you're working with or your working conditions, etc. Okay? You will be getting more emotionally distant from others. So you might feel more numb about your work, about the effect you're having, about the people at work, etc. You're going to be exhausted. And I'm not talking just physically, but emotionally and mentally exhausted, drained, unable to cope. You will feel like you just don't have the energy to do your work as you used to. And your performance will suffer, okay? So you might, um, it, and this can happen both within your work and at your home because it can translate into other things, right? Feeling cynical and negative about what you're doing is going to make you put less into it. Same with being exhausted. And then it's going to play into your home life as well. You're just going to feel tired all the time. And so you're not going to perform as well as you did before at anything. So this may sound to you like, wow, that, that sounds almost like depression. And yes, burnout shares some similar symptoms to depression. There are some differences though, right? So those suffering from depression generally have negative thoughts and feelings about all areas of their life. Whereas people who are burned out, it's primarily focused on work, on 
you know, there's more cynicism there in the work that you're doing or you just don't feel as effective and so you don't feel as motivated. But you may be motivated in other areas of your life, okay? So it's not a general sense of malaise and I am worthless. Um, I'm not interested in life in general. Now, being burnt out can lead to depression, right? So these are all like stair steps. We, we, we end up stressed a lot of the time, which ends up being chronically stressed, which then can lead to burnout, which then can lead to depression. So I want you to really be honest with yourself about where you are on the scale, if you're on this scale, and start working to counteract it now because it's not too late, number one, no matter where you are. And number two, it's not a predestined thing, but this is a stair step. And you don't want to get to the place where you realize, oh my God, I am burnt out or I am depressed as a result of feeling burnt out for so long, okay? The other thing I would say is if you or someone you know have gone beyond burnout and you feel like I am seriously depressed, then you really need to get immediate help, okay? Reach out for it now. Stop listening to this and go to the show notes. There will be a link in there that will have the phone number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Pick up the phone and call them or call somebody else. Get immediate support from somebody who's trained. Get the help you need. All right. So at the end of the day, when it comes to burnout, burnout is a reaction to chronic job or career stress that includes cynicism, feeling less able at work, and exhaustion. When thinking about, okay, am I burning out or am I kind of getting to the edge? You want to start asking some important questions and you got to be really honest with yourself about the answers. Okay. So ask, am I more cynical or critical? about the work I'm doing or the effect I'm having, right? Do I feel like I'm having to drag myself out of bed each morning just to go to work and I'm no longer motivated to go in? Am I having trouble sleeping or staying asleep? Am I less productive because I just don't feel it? I'm just not energetic about it. I don't have the energy. I'm not motivated. Is it difficult to concentrate on a regular basis? Am I more irritable and impatient with coworkers and clients? Am I feeling disillusioned about my firm or my company? Or maybe not the whole firm or company, but maybe the role that I'm playing? Do I question why did I ever want to do this? Am I using food, drugs, and or alcohol to feel better or to numb my feelings? Do I often have headaches, stomach, digestive issues, or other physical complaints that could be caused by stress? Ask these questions of yourself and pay special attention to what those answers are. And really pay attention to how has this changed? Like, what's the timeline? Has this changed over the last couple of months, over the last year? Did I not used to be this way? What I find in a lot of people who are on the edge of burnout and burning out is they clearly can tell there's something different. They don't know why, and that's not important just yet, it's important to be honest about the fact that it's there because then you can go into the why and what to do about it. Okay, so once you've identified this, it's important to understand what's causing burnout, okay? Because you cannot counteract it from a vacuum. And the fact of the matter is it's caused by varying things and you need to understand what's causing you to feel so burned out so that you can actually fix it. So there are some important causes, some common causes for burnout. Number one is an unmanageable workload. So this is the typical too much work, not enough time, right? 
And this definitely happens in our legal careers, and especially for those of us who are private practice, but I actually have had a fair number of in-house counsel that feel the same way. There's often a lot of pressure to deliver very quickly, and it has to be very good work very quickly. And so there's also that pressure to not make mistakes. And so this can become unmanageable. So what's going on? Is the workload unmanageable? Is And what's making it unmanageable? Is it that you just have too much and you need to prioritize and let go of some things or move things around? Is it that, you know, it's the pressure of the type of work that has to, you know, the perfectionist type of work or too good of work quality too quickly? Is it a time, you know, what is it? Get really clear about that. Number two, unfair treatment at work. So this is when you feel like you're not paid enough or you're, you know, perceived that you're not paid enough for the work that you're doing. Maybe you feel like you're not treated well by coworkers or by management or there's a dysfunctional workplace environment. Maybe there's a work bully of some sort, right? You feel like you're not getting the promotions you deserve. You feel like you're not being given credit for work that you've done. So in some way, shape, or form, you feel that you've been unfairly treated. You're not getting the respect you deserve. Okay, that definitely leads to burnout. Number three, you don't feel supported by management. Now, this is kind of similar to two, but there are some differences. So maybe you feel like, you don't have the executive support you want. Now, maybe you have the support from your immediate manager, but on up higher in your firm or company, you don't feel like you're getting the support you need or your team isn't getting the support you need. So maybe there's a lack of funding for projects or initiatives that you want or for the personnel that you need that you think are important to you that would help you to perform, right? So that could be relating to people. That could also relate to tools and technology and such. Perhaps there's not very clear or no communication between upper management and you. And so you feel like you're just not supported because it's just not there. They're kind of like living in this, you know, other world, right? So a quick note, studies show that employees who feel strongly supported by their manager are 70% less likely to experience burnout on a regular basis. So this is a biggie to really look at because lack of support and feeling like, management isn't supporting you, your initiatives, the things that you feel are important, really lead to a lot of cynicism in your job, in the role that you're playing, etc. And remember, that's one of the signs and symptoms of being burnt out. Okay, so number four is lack of organizational vision. So there's either not a non-existent vision for your overall organization for the firm or company you work for or maybe it's kind of muddy and you're not clear as to what it really is also maybe there is a vision but there's no clear connection between your role and the overall firm or workplace strategy and vision so sometimes i think companies and firms tend to have these big picture visions but they haven't done a very good job in showing the people who work for them especially at the lower levels how they are helping to make that vision happen to help it make a reality and so when you don't have a clear organizational vision or you have one and there's a disconnect between what your role is and that vision you're going to feel more cynical you're going to feel like you know, what's the purpose for this? There's there's no role for me here that's important. Number five is lack of control. 
lack of agency. So this is when you feel like there's just no way to influence your schedule or your workload. This also happens when you feel that there's a lack of resources that you need and you have no control over your ability to introduce or get them. So this is related also to that not being supported that we talked about already. But a lot of these I'm sure you can see kind of play against one another. There's very rarely just one of these going on. Usually there's a couple of these going on, if not all of them, that lead people to feel burnt out. There's one other too that I want to get into, and that is your mind, your mindset. So us type A personalities, I'm one of those, (laughs) very much one of those. And I think practically every lawyer I've met is a type A personality. We tend to have certain personality traits, right? We tend to be perfectionists. We like to be in control. We don't like to delegate. We're super competitive. And you add that to these other things and you're more likely to end up more cynical. You're more likely to feel less in control, okay? So it just exacerbates that lack of control feeling. The other thing I would add is the lawyer-trained brain is likely to feel a lack of control if not in the right culture or organizational structure. And so we've talked about this before. In episode two, I talked about kind of how the lawyer-trained brain can work against you and cause unneeded stress. So I highly recommend if you haven't listened to that, you go back and listen to it because it's important to understand how all of this interrelates. Because the part of that lack of control can be your mentality, can be your own personality traits. And that's an area where you can very quickly take control and start making some changes immediately, okay? All right, so once you figure out, okay, I've got some signs and symptoms, and you kind of get really honest about what's going on at work that's causing you to feel so burned out, it's important that you overcome it. So what do you do? Let's just be honest here. Taking a vacation isn't going to solve your problem, okay? Most of the sources that we've talked about have very little to do with things we tend to think about that cause stress, like being overburdened and doing too much and not having enough time to get the things done. Yes, that's part of it, but it's only a small part of it. There's a lot else going on. And so, yes, you do need to relax and rest and, and you know, take care of yourself. That's really important obviously it's only a part of it and taking more time just for self-care and you isn't going to completely fix the problem okay so although it is a piece of the puzzle it is only one piece of a bigger puzzle and so that's why it's so important and why we went over all of those things What causes people to feel so burnt out? Because when you look at that really honestly, you can get really clear around what's really going on. And that leads you to more obvious solutions. So when it comes to solutions, here are things that I want you to consider doing. Number one, create a support network. Have a clear, good network of people within this that will support you. And this network should be made up of numerous types of people. It should have mentors, either from management uh, within your firm or company, or maybe outside that you deem mentors within your field. It should be have friends and family, right, that you can reach out to, that you trust, that you can talk to, that will be objective, that will listen, that won't judge. It will need to include peers and colleagues, right? So you need to be sociable with your coworkers and develop deeper connections with at least a few of them. It's important to have that 
that kind of peer support from people who are going through the same things you are. And it can even include support staff. I learned early on that my paralegals and my um, my assistants were some of the best support I could possibly have at work and people that I could get feedback from and get honest answers from and who knew me well, got to know me really well. And they were part of that support network for me. So make sure that you have a strong support network because you need people that you can trust, that you can go to, that you can talk with, that will listen to you, that will give you some valuable not just support, but guidance as well. And you're really going to need that when you go through the next few steps that I go through. But before I get to those, another thing is when you're creating a support network, you also need to remember that that means not putting certain people within that support network and then limiting your contact with them. So you want to limit the contact you have with negative people. They are going to drag you down and change your outlook on things. And you know who those people are, right? The people who gossip all the time, the people who backstab, the people you don't trust. It' not saying you can completely stay away from them, but you want to limit your contact with them as much as possible and ensure that they are not within that network that you're putting together. You also want to make sure that you're connected with communities and causes that are meaningful to you. It's not all about work. And when we work too much, sometimes we can get a little cynical because we don't see a bigger purpose in our lives in general. Okay. The other thing I would say when it when I talk about creating a support network, consider hiring a coach if you're in burnout mode or close to it. We're really good at helping you navigate back from burnout and prevent it from ever happening again. And we're our whole purpose is to help you build a long-term mindset and this the long-term support structure that you need. Okay. And it doesn't have to be me. There's a lot of great coaches out there. So consider including a coach within that network of support if you deem you should need it. All right, number two, align with your values. So a common theme that I found personally in my coaching among people who are burning out or close to burnout is they feel like there's no real meaning within their life, within their jobs, within their careers, and within what they're doing, even though most of them started out their careers with a lot of meaning. And I've talked about this before, (laughs) so if you haven't heard me talk about this before, go back and listen to episode number 12, where I talked about redefining success from the inside out, because we got into how to redefine success in a way where it aligns with your core personal values, okay? Because that's what this is. Aligning with your values is about understanding what your personal values are and making decisions that are based on that. Having a bigger picture vision based on your values. Setting your goals based on your values, okay? That's what I'm talking about here. And you can get started very simply by listening to episode 12 because that's kind of your step-by-step for how to do that. That's going to bring in a little bit more purpose, a little more passion, a little more meaning into your everyday life and help you reevaluate your priorities. So part of the problem is that you're doing too much. You've got to simplify. And the best way to do that is to really understand what your true priorities are so that you can let go of stuff. And you've got to start with those values. You've got to understand what that bigger picture success definition is for you so that you can then evaluate your priorities properly. So all of this is interrelated, okay? So when you're evaluating your priorities, make sure that you're not focusing just on what's urgent 
but that you really get clear around the difference between what's urgent versus what's important. Because important things are often not as urgent and urgent things are often not that important, okay? So go back if you haven't listened, and even if you have, you may want to re-listen to this upon occasion, and listen to episodes 9 and 10 because we get into all of this there. As part of this, make sure that you, capital Y, capital O, capital U, are a priority every single day. Here's the thing. You cannot be or do your best without prioritizing your own well-being. And yes, I'm going to do a self-care episode in the future. I'm kind of working on outlining it now, but in the meantime, please understand that your health and well-being should be your number one priority before your family, before your clients, before your work, before your firm. Self-care is not a selfish thing. And self-care isn't so much about taking a bubble bath, going to a spa, and so on, okay? Nor is it just about eating healthy, exercise, and getting sleep, although yes, those are part of self-care. Self-care is about doing what you need to be and feel your best. So ask yourself every day, what do I need to feel and be my best? And attend to that. All right, so quick recap. Number one is to have a support network that you can talk to and utilize. Number two, align with your values. Number three, reevaluate your priorities and be sure to use those values <laughs> when reevaluating. Number four, master your mind. So a lot of what we're really talking about here is how you perceive your role within your company, within your firm, and the, the work that you do, right? It's about how you think. And so you're going to want to make sure that you have a strong mentality. And when I talk about having a strong mentality or mindset, we're not talking about thinking positive, okay? What we're talking about is building a, a resilient mind that's able to reframe when things get difficult so that you can see the good with the bad, not obsess on the bad, and also bounce back more quickly when stress, anxiety, and other negative feelings show up. It's also about getting comfortable with the discomfort of those feelings and not pushing them down, but instead dealing with them head on so that they don't bring you down. So a lot of what causes our stress is how we think, what's going on in our mind, because that is what creates our reaction, which then creates more stress oftentimes, right? And so what I'm talking about here is taking control over that, over, over how you think, over how you perceive things, over how you process your feelings. This isn't about not feeling those things. It's about processing them in a healthier manner so that you can overcome them more quickly and move on. So try mindfulness as a start. That's probably my number one recommendation. It's not just about breathing or meditating. Mindfulness is going to help you become more aware of what you feel and how intense you feel those things. And then it's also going to help you become more aware of the thoughts behind those feelings so that you can see what's really causing, you know, your reactions to things, what's creating even more stress for yourself so that you can face them without judgment and then process them in a healthier manner. And I've talked about this before. In episode seven, we talked, we talked about mindfulness, mindfulness for stress prevention. So I highly recommend that you go back and listen to that. And frankly, that's what 5-Minute Stress Solutions is. It's a lot of strategies that use mindfulness to help you create a healthier mind, okay? So do download that as well. These are four things that are a little bit simpler. Uh, the mindset piece is not as simple. Actually, no, let me take that back. It's simpler. It's just something that you're going to have to keep up with forever. The last thing is the hardest of them all. 
Number five is to reevaluate your situation. So I recommend that you start with these other things and you work on them and you pay attention to how things change. But they still may not. Because remember, a lot of those things that are causing you to feel burnt out very well may be related to the culture that you're in, to the people that you're working with, to the group that you're a part of, right? Maybe you don't feel valued or respected. Maybe you don't feel heard. Maybe you're very cynical because of the culture or because there's a disconnect in the overall vision and the role that you're playing. So sometimes these things can be fixed and you can stay and be happy, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes you need to leave. And so this, that's why I say this is the hardest of them all. you got to get really honest about what's really going on and what can fix them so that you can then fix them. And, and you can make those tough choices about do I leave or do I stay? Okay, do I stay and and try to make some changes here? Who do I need to talk to? Do I need to go to HR or management to discuss something? Do I need to stop working with a particular person? Now, this isn't always the answer, but a lot of times something is going on that needs to be fixed within your actual situation. And your stress levels and your cynicism and all these things that have led you to burnout are not going to change enough by just doing those other things. Now, those other four things we talked about, you need to do as well. But this thing must be done as well. And this is the one that a lot of people like to ignore or like to put off forever because things will get a little bit better, but they're probably not going to go away. And so then you need to reevaluate your situation and figure out, okay, what are the tough things I need to deal with here? That can change my situation. So let me give you a couple examples of, of where this happened. So I've, I've had, I've mentioned before, I work with people who come to me who feel burned out. And I had one person, he, was, he came to me feeling stressed most of the time. He didn't feel valued. And he was very unmotivated in his work. And he originally thought it was all about him, right? But as we started to work together, we quickly discovered that it was really more about where he worked. So the people he worked with didn't really have the same values as him. And there was this big disconnect that he felt. And it was part of why he felt so ineffective and unmotivated. Now, he thought originally that, well, maybe making partner. He was very senior. He was looking to make partner within the next year or two when we first started working together would be the answer. Because then he'd have a lot more control over his own practice and his own path. But he questioned that and kept going back and forth. And luckily a new opportunity came up that made it very clear to him that really that wasn't the answer because this other opportunity was a much better fit for him. And so although it was kind of risky, it was a very different type of firm for him and it was less money in the short term with the opportunity to build a bigger, better practice and make a lot more money, he made the jump because the culture was so clearly in alignment with his values and what was important to him. And the place he was leaving wasn't a bad place. And he actually didn't dislike any of the people. It just wasn't the right fit. And it was never going to be the right fit. And I'm very happy to say that his wife, within like two months of him jumping, even commented that she'd never seen him that happy. Like ever since he had started working as a lawyer. And so it was the right move for him even though when he first came to me he thought oh I can just you know control my own scenario and stay so that's an example of making that tough choice and needing to move on because you know the situation 
wasn't right and was never going to be right staying where he was. So let me give you a second example where you don't have to necessarily jump ship, okay? Because it's not always the answer. So I had another client that came to me, again, really unmotivated, really felt lethargic. She was totally burned out. She was to the point where she was questioning if she even wanted to practice law any longer. And she definitely knew that she wanted to leave her firm. In fact, she hired me with the purpose of helping her figure out where she wanted to go. So after working together for a brief period of time, it became clear that it probably wasn't the firm or it might not just be the firm itself and that maybe jumping ship wasn't the answer. So what had happened is over the past year before she had started working with me, several people, shareholders, she was an associate at the time, had left. And they were people that she had been really close to who were mentors of hers. And she felt like she no longer had a support network and just didn't feel heard. Now, being heard was a very important need for her that we identified, and collaboration was an important value that she had. But the problem was she wasn't even speaking up, so she wasn't giving herself the opportunity to be heard. She'd stopped speaking up once those people left. And so we put together and implemented a plan for her to start speaking up, making those connections, rebuilding her support network where she was. And lo and behold, within a couple of months, it worked. Not only was she happy, but she decided to stay and was offered a promotion to partner. And she is still there years later, happily successful as a partner in this firm. So again, it's not always clear unless you go through the process of figuring out what is causing you to feel this way so that you can tackle that head on. So I very much hope that you found today's episode helpful and informative. Please note, even if you're not yet in burnout mode, if you have been chronically stressed, it's really important to go ahead and implement the strategies I mentioned above because they will keep you from getting to that point and we don't want you to get to that point. Before I leave today, I ask two things. Number one, please do consider giving me a rating and review. Although it will only take a minute of your time, it will definitely help me grow the podcast and get it in front of as many people as I can, and I would so appreciate it. Also, secondly, do not forget to download 5-Minute Stress Solutions. It has eight mindset and stress management strategies that are going to help you cultivate the healthy mindset that we've talked about today so that you can let go of the stress, be more resilient, and not get into a place of burnout. All right, that's it for today. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Life & Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a subscriber, be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both Life & Law, including the Life & Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com.